Due to adult content, parental discretion is advised. To begin. To begin. Are you watching closely? How to start? I just, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? In life itself, a memoir, Roger E. begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it, molded by it. The audio surrounded me. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. First, the frames flicker without connection. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Here's the deal. Just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, no, no. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Welcome to Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. A podcast in which, eventually, ostensibly, at some point, we will be talking about the 2005 film Tristram Shandy, a cock and bull story, one minute at a time. Good lord, what is this story all about? Cock and a bull story. Here's your host, me, Robert Black. Hi, we're here to talk today about, what is this, Group 17, Halloween and Punch Drunk Love. Uh, with us is David Forsyth. David, you can tell the listeners about yourself if you want. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm David Forsyth. I am the uh, host of a, an eventual show. Uh, what am I going to call that show? Edge of Tomorrow Minute and Rock and Roll High School Minute. I'm terrible at pre-production, though, so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. You got to get better at that part. <laughs> yeah, I guess, no, I guess the pre-production is what I'm good at. It's the actual production. Production is the... The problem uh, I'm having, so. <laughs> Prep all the shows and just never record. Yeah, that's that's basically where we're at right now. So I guess we can start with, well, you can pick Halloween or Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I'm kind of interested to know. I, I remember watching you build the, the brackets out. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember if there was like specific matching criteria or if it was sort of luck of the draw kind of thing. It was a little of both. These two were kind of left over. At this point, yeah, as to how they ended up together, and I'm actually surprised in retrospect that I kept Halloween on the list because a few movies I deliberately left off, even though I like them, because I'm like I've said enough about them. Like, <laughs> There's also I that, did Michael yeah. Myers minute. I talked about yeah. this movie for what, 82 episodes, something like that. Yeah, I remember listening to those and hearing your sort of very locals perspective on the on the settings. Yeah, um, yeah, I went to every place that it filmed. Yeah, I think that might have been like the second or third movie by minute that I ever listened to. And I was like, this is an interesting, a different take on it than the, uh, you know, two guys sitting around chatting kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I did have guests on some episodes, but yeah, right. a lot of it didn't. It, it wasn't a strict, like, here's what happened. And we talk about that. And here's what happened. And we talked about that. It was a little more, a little yeah. more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think the, 
the pairing seemed weird to me at first when I when I picked these. I just I picked them because I had seen both of them relatively recently. But as I was thinking <laughs> about them, there, there are there are some similarities between them, right? There's I think some of the the very long shots, uh, very long held shots, yeah, um, yeah, followed by some very frantic shots. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 movement or lack thereof of the shots is really used to define a lot about the the character. Um, you know, in the shape or in uh, Barry. And uh, even the camera being like behind Barry a lot of the time or from a distance is similar. Yeah. 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 You do see a lot of, I was thinking about that, you know, that, that famous long shot over Michael's shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, is it Laurie that's walking away? I yeah. Remember, yeah. I remember After she dropped the keys off. That's right. That's right. I wish I had you all alone. Just that two of us. And then you get a lot of those over-the-shoulder shots of Barry in his garage or, mm-hmm. his, you know, his facilities, garage door opening and, and things like that. And the, the long shot of him running down to pick up the harmonium. <laughs> yep. Some other things like, well, you know, violence against sisters. You know, there's that. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking a little bit about my relationship with Halloween is, is a good one. I really like Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Loomis is one of my most hated characters. In oh, interesting. Sort of, I love to hate him sort of way. Like, he's the worst psychologist oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just really bad at his job. Right. <laughs> And I think of the sisters, the seven sisters mm-hmm. from Punch Drunk Love as being sort of one character who are very bad at being sisters. Yes. Especially when they're together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife's father's family is kind of like that. It's three sisters that are very close and very, uh, I don't know what the word is. Like they, they're very in group, mm. you know, lots of inside jokes and you can just set them rolling and, and go. And her father is very much like the quiet removed brother from that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's. <laughs> it's about where it ends, you know. It's like that they're very chatty, and he's very not. But uh, well, I have six older sisters, oh, okay. so so you're you're right in there. My sisters better not group up on me or break their glass doors. I guess <laughs> that's right. There's several times over the course of your life, apparently. So actually, as a kid, I often walked into glass doors. Apparently, so <laughs> maybe I was trying. Well, you know, small portions of Punch Drunk Love were uh, taken from real life, mm. uh, like the you know the pudding portion yeah, of the story yeah. was. Um, so maybe. PTA knows a little bit about your life and just incorporated it into the movie. Yeah, I didn't look up his life. Like, did he have sisters or, like, how much of this comes from him? Yeah, that's a good question. I didn't didn't get that far into it. Um, the uh, I've had this Punch Drunk Love. My, my relationship with Punch Drunk Love is very good as well. I've had that DVD, like, since the two-disc set came out, and I, I remember watching the extras. And 
there's very little (laughs) explanation about the movie in in it it's a lot of like the movie feels like this right like the 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 featurette is essentially wordless right no (laughs) not wordless but like no one talks about the movie it's basically deleted scenes kind of strung together with more of that the the musical and and light tones and there's the uh mattress man commercial but you know, like it, it gives you more about what the movie feels about, but it doesn't talk anything about you know the story goals and the, the making of the movie. Really, it's. I, th- I think the the way I connect these two movies now, watching them again recently, because I was reading a blog entry I did about Halloween about Michael being Laurie's id, mm-hmm. and that makes both movies are readable in a way where we're inside one character's head that is causing the other, or imagining the other character, or causing the other character to act the way they do, because you could look at. Punch Drunk Love is, the whole thing is just what's going on inside his head. Like, there's no scam over the phone. He just feels guilty about calling a sex line, you know? Oh, sure, yeah. Or maybe this woman, Lena, is not quite real, or he never does go to Hawaii with her, you know? That's all, like, an imagined thing. And it's, all of this is in his head where all these chaotic things happen and things go crazy constantly because that's like him. He's this anxious character. Similar to his character in Uncut Gems, actually, I realized, but yeah. uh, in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, she could be the, the Tyler Durden of the... Uh, yeah. yeah, she's like the fantasy, because his sister doesn't bring her to dinner. They shouldn't meet. Right. But then she just happens to be the person who's getting the car repaired next door. Right. In the valley where there's lots of cars. <laughs> well, and, and the fact that she, you know, saw his photo and then wanted to meet mm-hmm. him, you know, like that that's... It's got that, the desire, you know, the both ends of the desire kind of hanging out there that it wouldn't have caught he wouldn't have moved on the desire on his own but since they're right the two magnetic poles drawing towards each other that, that's more yeah interesting yeah i know i'd never thought about her being imaginary i i think you know this one's been on in rotation in hbo uh for the past yeah. you know however long um so i've caught portions of it and i definitely didn't really remember the the portions where she was also expressing interest uh, you know, like she'd seen his photo and, and wanted to meet him. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, the the call down to the desk saying that she wanted to, to kiss right. him and things like that. And, you know, it it definitely paints them both as more lonely, more desperate, mm-hmm. more awkward. Well, uh, yeah, I love that moment in particular where she calls the front desk and then he can't find her room. Yeah. He's yeah. running through all the hallways. He doesn't know how to get there. He's only been there once. Yeah. And it's a great sort of metaphor for the whole struggle that like desperate, lonely person looking for love is he's got to run through all these turns and maybe get to the right place. Yeah. Part of the that featurette with the extra scenes shows him when he first gets there, he meets that, that same desk woman and she sends him up and tell, gives him directions and he gets lost huh. going there the first time as well. I think it's much more effective to make it the only time. Yeah, just the second. Sort of, yeah. Um, and the, the, the funny thing I remember from that is, like, she's waiting for him mm-hmm. when he she knows he's coming up. And um, so she's alternately, like, pacing around her apartment and getting up and looking out the people and things <laughs> like that. And um, she, she sits on her couch while she's waiting. She sort of gives up and sits back on the couch to watch whatever she was watching. It turns out she was watching footage of the moon landing. Huh. Okay, great. It was just another interesting, like, artifact of her sort of awkward strangeness. Right or it's now. a sign that it's that's all that. not real, because just like the moon landing wasn't real. <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> <laughs> How many people have supposedly gone beyond low Earth orbit, beyond 200 miles off the Earth? No idea. 
24. The entire history of humanity. But what? But 24 what, people. So your point yes, is what, only 24. But, but so what, what I'm Ruth's saying, saying is, is there was a whole control center, operations center, backup control, all sorts of things. Do you know what happened Building in the rockets. finance department of ITV? In the no finance idea. department. No idea. Except Do you know what happens? <laughs> Do you know what happens in the executive office of ITV? Right at the top. No, but if they somebody tell was us covering nothing. something, they up. tell you nothing. Exactly. Yeah, but if, if somebody say something com- did happen, but if somebody's covering you... something up, yeah. everybody would have to cover it up. No, they wouldn't, because you would know Sarah, about what it. What do you think? Black, black. Just give it to me. Black. My neck is killing. I got cancer. I've had it for years. I've been working with mice, you know, trying to find a cure. Did you ever work for the CIA? You make it sound like some remote fucking experience in ancient history. Man, you don't leave the agency. Once you're in, you they got you for life. Shaw? Shaw? Shaw's an untouchable. Highest clearance. Shaw? Oswald, the Cubans, all agency. Okay? I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this. Jesus Christ, that right there is the mail. Now, let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look in the mail, well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia. So I say to myself, I got to find this guy. I got to go up to his office. I got to put his mail in the guy's goddamn hands. Otherwise, he's never going to get it. He's going to keep coming back down here. So I go up to Pepe's office, and what do I find out, Mac? What do I find out? There is no Pepe Sylvia. The man does not exist, okay? So I decided, oh, shit, buddy. I got to dig a little deeper. There's no Pepe Sylvia. You got to be kidding me. I got boxes full of Pepe. All right, so I start marching my way down to Carol and HR. And I knock on her door and I say, Carol, Carol, I got to talk to you about Pepe. And when I open the door, what do I find? There's not a single goddamn desk in that office. There is no Carol in HR. Matt, half the employees in this building have been made up. This office is a goddamn ghost town. My roof. Jack. Jack was a pimp. He was a bag man for the Dallas mob. He used to run guns to Castro when he was still on our side. We almost had Castro with us, then we tried to whack him. Everybody's flipping sides all the time. It's funny games, man, funny games. What's the mob, Dave? How do they take in this? Agency too, man. CIA and the mafia working together, trying to whack out the beer. Mutual interest. They've been doing it for years. Boys, they could dream. Well, check out something called uh, Mongoose Operation Mongoose. Uh, government, Pentagon stuff. Uh, they're in charge. But who the fuck pulls whose chain? Who the fuck knows? Oh, what a heavy web we weave when we practice the deceit. And who killed the president? Oh man, why don't you fucking stop it? Shit. Who did- this is too fucking big for you. You know that? This is... Who did the president? Who killed Ken? Fuck, man. It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. The fucking shooters don't even know. Don't you get it? Fuck, man. I can't keep talking like this. You're gonna fucking kill me. I'm gonna fucking die. Okay, Charlie, I'm gonna have to stop you right there. Not only do all of these people exist... But they have been asking for their mail on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. Jesus Christ, dude. We are going to lose our jobs. Well, calm down, because here's one thing that's not going to happen. What? We're not going to get fired. We're not. Because we've already been fired. We've lost our jobs? Yeah. 
About three days ago, a couple pink slips came in the mail. One for you, one for me. So what did I do? I mailed them halfway to Siberia. Okay? If we've lost our jobs, that means we've lost our health insurance, which means all of this was for nothing. God damn it, dude. I'm having a panic attack. I'm actually having a panic attack. Well, will you attack. settle down and have another cup of coffee? I am, bro. All right, well, fine. You know what, Barney? Give this guy a cigarette. He's freaking out. Huh? Who? Barney. He's the guy who tipped me off to Pepe Sylvia. Barney? Who the hell is Barney? You don't see Barney. Oh, shit. What the hell did he... You've lost your mind. You've lost your goddamn mind, Charlie. So PTA is uh, comparing himself to to Kubrick then. Oh yeah, he made up this story. Yeah, right. Okay. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, that's fine. I haven't liked some of his more recent movies, but he's still a great director. Yeah, I, I think the only thing of his I haven't seen is The Master, mm. and I I want to see that one. It just somehow skipped past me. And when I lived in Chicago, the the Music Box Theater, there's a great revival yeah. art house place, and they would it, it would show in their 70 millimeter festival nice. from time to time. So I always thought I would see it there, and, and I just never did. And so I haven't really sought it out because I know I have the opportunity to see it in 70. So right, nice. So why see it? That, that's one where the, I think the parts are better than the whole. Mm-hmm. Like every part of that movie is fantastic, but then as a whole, you're just like, what was the point? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do hope to see it someday, but I don't know if I mean, you know depending on how long I'm locked at my house. <laughs> I may just have to get a 70 millimeter projector installed. How does that sound? Yeah. Yeah. If you got room for a screen for that size. <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> do you think it's bigger than my garage door? With 70, yes, it probably is. <laughs> I think it would have to be to be worth it. Yeah. Right. Unless you have a massive garage. <laughs> Again, no, I just pipe dreams. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think there's, you know, we, we may be forcing ourselves to stretch here, but I think there are some similarities between yeah. the movies for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're not. There's not nothing. Right. I mean, they're very different. One's a horror film, and one is a slasher film. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. No, I mean, they're, it's a rom. Well, you, hmm. taking out Halloween two and Laurie being his sister, you could take it as romantic in a way. And I know yeah. there are people who do. I paid attention to way too many Halloween fans when I was doing Michael Myers minute and. There are definitely those who take it that way. Yeah, if you take out all the the later lore, there, there's a lot of room for interpretation there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. w- why does why does Laurie deserve the attention when he's clearly focused on you know the murder of his sister? Mm-hmm. His family? Well, even why, even the the movie itself focuses more on Annie early in the film. Yeah, true. Laurie get we get introduced to her first, but Annie gets more screen time for a little while, and she gets more lines. Yeah, and then we come back to Laurie. Yeah, the sex crazed Annie, right? Yeah. Well, I can't come now. My clothes are in the wash. Oh, shut up, jerk. God, I've got a shirt on. That's all you ever think about. I think that's all you ever think about. That's not true. I think about lots of things. Now, why don't we not stand here talking about them and get down to doing them? Well, and Lori is as much of a sort of a awkward outsider mm-hmm. as Barry and Lena are, too. True, right? true. Like she's, her, her friends are, are weed-smoking, sex-obsessed. All they want to do is... The only reason they're babysitting is because they can have their their boyfriends over once yeah. the kids go to sleep, right? Right. And and Lori's very much not that. She's a knitter who's thoughtful about bringing activities, wholesome activities for her, her charges to to do while she's you know studying to mm-hmm. good grades to get into colleges and things. So, what's the pumpkin for? I brought it for Tommy. I figured carving a jack o' lantern would keep him occupied. I always said you'd make a fabulous Girl Scout. Thanks. And she gets set up and is. Sort of refuses the call to the setup too, right? Oh yeah, she wants Annie to call him back and tell him no. 
I'd like you to call Ben Tramer and tell him that you were just fooling around. I can't. Yes, you can. No, he went drinking with Mike Godfrey and he won't be back till late. You'll have to call him tomorrow. Besides, I'm on my way to pick up Paul. Wait a minute. If you watch her, I'll consider talking to Ben Tramer in the morning. Deal. <laughs> Which, if, you know, Annie were still alive and he were still alive, then that might happen the next day. <laughs> Spoilers. True. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I would, but I'm sure this meets all sort of spoiler cancellation. <laughs> you know. The movie came out in 78. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's been 42 years. Where can the listeners hear more of you? Um, well, if you want, if you, if you want to actually hear. <laughs> well, where will they eventually be able to maybe hear you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to hear actual things from me, my cousin who will be my co-host on Edge of Tomorrow Minute, we were on the last two, uh, movies by minute projects, right? So we did the, uh, the, um, Hitchcock Minute and Into the Night Minute. But yeah, Edge of Tomorrow Minute, basically just come find us on the Facebook and, Click that like and and smash that subscribe. I don't even know how. Are you doing uh, best years of our lives too? No, no. We, oh. I, I felt bad about not actually producing episodes of my own podcast this year, um, <laughs> so so I figured I would I would put the effort towards that and you know maybe have some stuff out. But um, that was an intriguing one. I've I've never seen that that film. Um, so. Yeah, I hadn't either. Yeah, it's up and having fun putting mine together. Yeah. So edge of tomorrow minute on Facebook if you like that. Well, you should get some updates when we actually deliver episodes. And we'll have a listeners group and all that jazz. So, Rock and Roll High School minute is probably on a, a more extended vacation because my co-host on that one likes to record in person. Um, and so that one did start though, right? Or did you just record it but never put it out? It's parts of it are recorded. We're up to like I think fifteen minutes in the can, but not available. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was trying to remember what show you do, and I'm like, why can't I remember? It was because they don't exist yet. Because they like, do. Oh yeah, <laughs> they don't actually exist. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. But I've been on. Um, Oh, almost famous minute recently, and uh, I don't know. I get around. So, meanwhile, I'm the crazy one on the opposite side of the spectrum. Where, yeah, uh, right. if this is the end of Tuesday's episode, then yesterday I just ended a show that I hadn't even put together in August. <laughs> nice, because I've been on some of your shows too, right? I've been on uh, yeah, room the room minute. The room minute. Yep. That one. That's fun. That one should be back soon, I hope. Oh, good. Now that I have time. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about making a, a super cut for that one, like downloading all the episodes of The Room Minute. And anytime someone says Johnny, I mean Tommy, or Tommy, I mean Johnny, like putting that oh, on yeah. one long super cut, I imagine it's going to be like so two hours long. Yeah. So. It, there's a bunch, yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot. Yeah. It, I find it funny. I do that in my notes. I write the wrong <laughs> name. That's fine. They're essentially the same thing, so I don't know why. We, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why they're similar. He probably couldn't handle it. Yeah. The name being too different. But he didn't want to call it Tommy because then it's too obvious. Right. Right. No, it's not about me. <laughs> Cut. Thank you for listening. This has been Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cock Bull Minute. Find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a Mandalorian. Why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of a coward. The, uh, it's a past stuff that dreams are made of. Cut. That's a wrap. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You're still here? You just don't turn it off! 
Hey, this is Dean Trumbull for The Mattress Man. Give me a call at 370-0466. For a limited time only, D&D Mattress has queen mattress sets for $99 and king sets for $129. You all right? Uh, oh, yeah. Shit, man, are you okay? Uh, I was afraid that was going to happen. Uh, I was afraid that was going to happen with that goddamn thing. Think you're all right? Sure you okay? No, I'm fine. Did you try your arm and stuff? He's all right. He's wearing, he's wearing leather. Fucked okay. up my guitar, though. Okay. Did you get it on film? Yeah, yeah we got it. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to keep that take? Like a seven-foot drop. It's, <laughs> it's over. Dude, we have to do that all over again. Go home. Go!